morning, everyone. Are you sad today that another Thanksgiving is in the books? I was really, really sad this morning. I was doing okay, had a great meal, great time together with family. I was doing okay till I put my pants on this morning. (laughs) And when I had to loosen them that extra notch, it was very, very depressing. So we have... uh, devoured the turkey or the other meats, the trimmings, those amazing pies. Some of you have binged on football all weekend. Others of you have been looking for that special Black Friday deal. And here we are with another Thanksgiving behind us. So if you're sad today, let me just encourage you, in 31 days, we get to do it all over again. Isn't that exciting? (laughs) Look at this picture taken on our wedding day nearly 45 years ago. Now, I know I look so young. We got married when we were 16, right? Look at that hair. Just look at that hair. Look at those sideburns. Wow, amazing. And look at that huge bow tie. Once in a while, Sharon waves this picture before my eyes and loudly complains, what happened to the handsome man I married? (laughs) Compared to the Adonis in this picture, you're just sad. (laughs) Now, sad is an acronym for a couple things today. It actually stands for seasonal affective disorder, sometimes called the winter blues. It's a type of depression related to changes in the seasons. Sad begins and ends at about the same time every year. If you're like most people who struggle with this condition, your symptoms start in the fall and continue into the winter months, sapping your energy, and leaving you feeling moody and even depressed. This is a very real thing. It's real for some of you in our church family today, and I encourage you uh, to treat it as a real concern, not to be afraid to talk to a counselor or even your doctor if you struggle in that area. But I've identified another form of sad that almost all of us battle around the holidays. I call it surviving another December. Thanks for the help out there, whoever you were. (laughs) Pause for a moment right now and ask yourself this question. What am I expecting from the holiday season? What's your greatest hope for the holiday season that we're in right now? Your answer may be great food, or that much-anticipated gift, special times with family and friends, or all of the above. However, if we're honest, we might also list credit fatigue, indigestion, insufferably long lines, loneliness, and stress on our inventory of holiday headaches. We may not like to admit it, but for many of us, the 34 days from November 22nd to December 25th 
stretch our resources, and stress our relationships to the point where we are anything but thankful and filled with a sense of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. So for a few moments, I'd like us to take a crash course on holiday survival by taking a moment to focus our attention on three key attitudes that will help us recapture the reason that we even do it, the reason for the season, what it's all about, and thrive rather than simply survive the next month. So for all of us who are ready to move beyond becoming a casualty of the season, let's take time to focus on being grateful, gracious, and generous during the holidays. Take time to be grateful. You know, one of the catchphrases that often reasserts itself in my thoughts this time of year is, have an attitude of, oh, some of you got it, have an attitude of gratitude. Being grateful is what Thanksgiving is all about. But I wonder how many of us really seize upon the importance of consciously, deliberately choosing to be grateful regardless of our circumstances. In the Old Testament book of 2 Chronicles, we come upon a scene that compellingly illustrates the power of gratitude and praise. King Solomon is leading the dedication of God's great temple in Jerusalem. Friends, this was a big deal. God's people had waited year after year after year for many years waiting for this moment when they could walk into God's house of worship. Joining in the celebration are 120 priests playing musical instruments and a bunch more singing. Now just ask John Mendez sometime how tough it is to get all of our musicians on stage on the same page and you think about 120 trumpeters and instrumentalists plus vocalists and the Bible says they were as one. They were as one. When they lifted their voices and began praising the Lord with these words, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. In fact, in the Hebrew, the meaning is more like he is so good. His faithful love endures forever. At that moment, something miraculous happened. A cloud, a dense cloud began to fill the temple. Now, if you know your Old Testament history, when a cloud shows up, it's a sign of God's presence and blessing upon his people. This was the visual cue that God was present with his people. In fact, the sense of God's goodness was so sweet in that place that the priests were glued to their seats and couldn't continue their duties. Imagine if we had a Sunday where the worship in this place was so sweet and so powerful that we preachers couldn't even stand 
to move on with the service because we were basking in the presence of the Lord. That's what was happening in this scene. So here is the truth I pray that the Holy Spirit will make clear to us today. When we take time to be grateful, to thank God, to praise him, it brings his presence right into the center of my circumstances and your circumstances, whether they are delightful or difficult. Have you noticed that it's nearly impossible to dwell on the disappointing aspects of life when you just stop and say, wait a minute, I've got some things to be thankful for. And friends, regardless of how difficult life is for us today, every one of us has many things to be thankful for. If you don't have anything else to be thankful for, look up and give praise and glory to God who loved you so much that he died for you so that you can have salvation and an eternal life with him. In 1897, Johnson Oatman wrote these words that would become one of the church's most beloved gospel songs. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost. Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly, and you will be singing as the days go by. And the chorus simply says, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see, look what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Now I sang that for the last service, so you've already received a blessing that you don't have to listen to me. <laughs> I've learned something else. Gratitude silences fear. Gratitude, praise, silences fear. When we begin to thank God and praise him and show him gratitude, even in the midst of our heartbreaking circumstances, something amazing happens. We come to be reminded that God is never caught off guard, never caught by surprise, even the difficult things that come into our lives have a purpose, and God and God alone is able to take them and weave them into the tapestry of our lives so that those things actually grow us into the person he died for us to be. When I begin to show gratitude to God in the midst of my tough times, the chains of anxiety and fear begin to drop off my life as I suddenly recognize there's a reason for this. God has a plan in this, and I can trust him with my life. I really, really can. This holiday season, when you sense the stress rising, take time to be grateful. Take time to be gracious. The Bible says, be patient with one another. 
making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. We're patient with one another because we are loved and we love one another with that love. Be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to everyone else. Dear friends, I don't know about you, but the holidays test my patience big time. Just be honest, it's okay, big time. It's ironic that during the time of year when we hear so much about peace on earth, it's a constant challenge to maintain peace in my heart and in my relationships. I often find myself anxious, frazzled, and irritated with the demands on my pocketbook, my time, and my waistline. Outwardly, I'm trying to hold it all together while inwardly, I'm crying out for relief and rescue. Many years ago, I was asked to lead a funeral for a family whose parents had lost their baby just days before Christmas. You know, there's something about the finality of death that makes us re-examine the quality of our lives and our relationships. Friends, there will be a final Thanksgiving and Christmas for each one of us. Furthermore, none of us is guaranteed health beyond this present moment. So this holiday season, let's choose to stop sweating the small stuff and simply enjoy one another. Simply enjoy the marvelous relationships God has brought to us. Let our actions and words be flavored with compassion and watch for those opportunities which are all around us to perform random acts of kindness. And this may be the most important thing I share with you today. When tempted in your thoughts and especially in your words to lash out at others, especially those closest to you, remember you are speaking to God's child, not your possession. This holiday season, when you sense your patience with others wearing thin, take time to be gracious. Take time to be generous. Recent statistics show that although the U.S. comprises only 4.3% of the world's population, its citizens control over 39% of the world's wealth. Every time I hear these figures, I'm confronted with the reality that from the viewpoint of most people on this planet, even those of us with sparse, limited resources are extremely wealthy. One of the principles we learn in the Bible is that much will be required from those to whom much is given. So this time of year, it's a good idea for us to take inventory 
of our altruistic attitudes by asking ourselves, are we diligently seeking occasions to be generous and to bless others as we have been blessed? 1 Timothy 6, we read these words. Tell those who are rich in this world to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and should give generously to those in need, always being ready to share with others whatever God has given them. The book of Romans urges when God's children are in need, be the one to help them out and get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner or if they need lodging for the night. Now, the leaders of Black Rock Church take that verse very, very seriously. In fact, we have a special fund. If you're on uh, the PushPay app or looking at your giving envelope, it's called the Deacons Fund. You may not even know what that means. That is a fund that we reserve for helping you, for helping people in our church family who have experience sudden health care needs or unemployment or they're going through other difficult life circumstances, we take this verse seriously. So while you're giving your tithe, which is the most important thing, and while you are considering offerings to our other important funds such as missions and building, remember the Deacons Fund so that we can help others in our church family when they are in need. The first Thanksgiving was actually a harvest festival. In the spring of 1621, the pilgrims planted their first crops in the New World. The following October, the colonists celebrated the harvest with fasting and prayer, followed by a feast. The festivities helped boost the morale of those 50 remaining settlers who had lost over half their number to disease and exposure during the frigid months of winter, down from over 100 people to 50 or less. In the midst of their intense heartache, the colonists paused to express their gratitude to God, encourage one another with gracious words, and generously share the bounty of the harvest with the indigenous people who had helped them survive that first harsh winter. Look around you this season. What has God placed in your hand that you can use to bless others? Perhaps you have financial resources to support those who help the needy and poor, such as our local ministry partners. I'm so grateful and proud that the Black Rock Church family gave over 650 Thanksgiving meals to those in our church family and the greater community during this season. Well done, church family. If funds are tight for you this year, consider volunteering to serve a meal or wrap presents at an area shelter or just go and sit with someone in a retirement home who has been forgotten. They don't have visitors, and your visit will help brighten a very dark season for them. 
What about opening your home to rescue that person from loneliness who's spending their first Thanksgiving or Christmas without a loved one? Or that person who is alone and scared that a dependency that they felt was behind them might be in relapse during the holiday season. Dear friends, the generosity list is only limited by the largeness of our hearts. This holiday season, when you see the needs of those all around you, take time to be generous. So there you have it, a holiday survival guide. This holiday season, when you sense the stress rising, take time to be grateful. When you sense your patience running thin, take time to be gracious. And when you see the needs of those all around you, take time to be generous. Most of all, the most important thing, take time to thank God, your good, good Father, for sending Jesus to die for us, to rise again, to be our Savior, to give us hope and an eternity with him. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online, and we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.